0: Hi, this is Brian Landau and you're listening to The Drip, a podcast about how to caffeinate your campaigns. Today, I'm joined by Kiana Corliss. Kiana is the head of global corporate communications at Databricks, and we talk about some unexpected success in pitching the media using customer stories, managing international agencies, and the importance of executing external public relations campaigns with an internal communications mindset. In our conversation, Kiana talks about the popularity of podcasts and how Databricks has had success on the social audio app Clubhouse. From the time that we recorded this episode to now, Facebook has made a huge push into audio, and Mark Zuckerberg has declared audio as a first-class medium. Facebook joins Twitter and LinkedIn as major social platforms that are going deep into audio. And I think this is exactly the point. Audio is a first-class medium. And the companies that start to develop audio strategies and not podcast strategies will be the ones that will win over the next 36 months. Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher will be just a couple of the distribution points that you access for your audio content. And the audio content that you might share to Twitter will feel different than the content that you share to Facebook. And guess what? The audio content that you share to Slack for internal use or even through Slack Connect because you have messaging for your partners might sound different than what you create for consumers. I know that this sounds daunting, but I promise you, it's not. The creation and production of audio is far more efficient, both in respect to time and monetary costs, than video, and many businesses have figured out their video production cadence. I am so proud to be a co-founder and the CEO of Venly. Venly is an audio CMS for enterprise. We enable businesses to collaborate and manage their audio content, but importantly for the times ahead, seamlessly distribute that audio content to your priority channels of communication. For example, maybe this piece of content needs to live on Facebook, LinkedIn, and we also want to share it to our listserv. But maybe this other piece of content needs to live embedded on Notion or shared privately on Slack. The Venly platform facilitates this, and you get listener insights on all published content, regardless of destination. Do you have questions about your enterprise audio strategy? Reach out to me directly at Brian at venly.co. That's Brian B-R-I-A-N at Venly, V-E-N-N-L-Y, dot C-O. And now, the brilliant Kiana Corliss. Hi, Kiana.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: Kiana Corliss is head of global corporate communications for Databricks, where she drives global PR and company announcements, as well as financial, executive, and internal communications. Previously, Kiana held similar roles at Guild Education and Tableau, where she helped take the company public in 2013 and led the corporate communications team in the company's sale to Salesforce for $15.7 billion in 2019. Kiana has a master's in broadcast journalism and an undergraduate degree in finance from Carnegie Mellon University. An avid runner and skier, she lives in Denver with her husband and two kids. Thanks again for being with me.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. It's weird to have someone uh, read your bio, but I guess that's what I do, right?
0: (laughs) This is your job. You should have a great bio. I know.
1: I folded it together and I was like, I write everybody else's bios. I never write my own.
0: So I'd like to start by asking you about external communications from the lens of an internal communications practitioner. There are instances when employees might get their news about the company that they work for from the press and media. How do you think about external communications with an employee first mentality?
1: Yeah, so that's actually the only way I think about external communications, um, if I'm being honest. I learned probably early on in my career at Tableau, uh, your first audience should be the employees of the company. And so as PR practitioners, we are, you know, we're constantly thinking about the next hit. All of our work is out there in the open. It's stuff people can see. There is this instant gratification Um, and I use the term instant loosely because I know we all know that some of these stories take a very long time, but there is this sort of instant gratification being a a PR professional where you get to see your work uh, relatively quickly out there in the world. And so that for a lot of PR professionals is kind of this like drug where you just like want the next one, want the next one, want the next one. And so um, we have to be cognizant, however, of who is actually reading this, and how much press we are we getting that is, you know read by our and the employees of our company and how that's affecting them? And so, you know when you're in the tech world like I am, there's a ton of, and you know i've 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 worked for, I've worked for a public company, I've worked for a pre IPO company, I've worked for private companies. Um, You know, there's a lot of rumors and speculation out there, a lot of which you have no control over. And so the first people I always think about is our employees, or, you know, when it's getting harder and harder to get press out there, you need to be a little provocative, you know, you need to say things that are maybe uh, not obvious, but like, how is that going to affect your employees. How are they going to read that? Right. Um, and I think as as PR people, we sometimes take for granted how close we are to what's happening um, because of the nature of our job. And there's a lot of people that aren't as close and they might not know as much of, of the context behind um you know what's going on, especially as a company grows. So um I think you should always think about how a message is going to affect your employees first and foremost. And then the rest of the world will follow. And, you know, especially if you're trying to recruit and uh, which every company is, those things are important. But, you know, to me, it's, it's, you should always be thinking about what questions will this raise? Can I answer those questions? Do I want to answer those questions? What is our culture? Are we a transparent culture? Are we a closed door culture? And sort of how does the press uh, play into that? So those are things that I think are just super, super um, important to think through um, when you're thinking about your PR
0: strategy. I want to stay on this theme a little bit because large companies, those that might be about to IPO or publicly traded companies, frequently transparency goes down a little bit. What's the balance between legal considerations uh, as a PR practitioner, as a communications practitioner, and also empowering your employees to feel like partners?
1: Yeah. So that's a really good question, right? I mean, so I'll, I'll use Databricks as a, an example. We've long said that we have a really transparent culture. Our our CEO is, is a transparent person. It's always been very important to him to keep employees in the loop. And, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of people who love working for Databricks for largely for that reason. They feel like they are, um, you know, in the loop, there's an open door policy, um, they're kind of kept in the know. And that's really important for our culture. Unfortunately, yeah, that there are rules as you get bigger, and as you become a public company. So I, you know, I've been on the public side at Tableau. And um, you can't, uh, no matter how transparent you want to be, there's only so much transparency, you can give. And so that becomes difficult. I think that you know, there are ways around that in terms of like how you communicate with your employees. If you are, or if you were a transparent culture pre-IPO, and then all of a sudden you go public and you can't be as transparent, or you're getting close to going public and you can't be as transparent, or, you know, there might be an acquisition or, you know, uh, all of these things of which I've gone through at one point in my career. (laughs) Um, You know, it's, I think it's about Uh, kind of staying true to who you are as a company and thinking through what can we share. Sometimes it's that, hey, listen, we can't share some of the things that are going on right now. Here's why. And, and, but you know what, please trust that when we can, we will. And sort of owning up to that, I think makes people feel um, sort of included. I also think that, you know, the best, one of the best relationships a PR person can have is with their legal team. And I've been very fortunate Um, you know, both at Tableau and now Databricks to be very close to my legal teams, um, to have really smart, really great people at the helm who sort of understand what we're trying to solve for and help us get there. And I think that's an important thing. You know, if you go to your legal team and you're just like, I just want to get covered. I just want to make sure we're out there. I just, you know, that's not what you're really solving for, right? Like, what are you solving for? Do you need awareness because of X or um, do you, know, you know, are you up against a competitor and you really need to take a stronger stance? Like, what are you trying to solve for? And I think when you work closely with your legal teams and they have a better understanding of what it is you're trying to accomplish, they actually can be very creative um, and really help you sort of navigate that and help you navigate it with your employees, which is, is just as important.
0: There feels like a bigger theme here, which is internal alignment right and making sure that all the stakeholders are on the same page about what we're trying to accomplish we spoke beforehand and you said that you know the unsuccessful PR campaigns actually aren't that unsuccessful but they are viewed through that prism because we weren't able to get alignment beforehand how do you solve for this problem what what are some of the best practices that you've developed in getting alignment across the various groups that need to be involved in a communications campaign
1: yeah that's a really good question because i think this will resonate with a lot of PRP folks that are listening to this, but really good PR people, like people that are just very good at the craft of telling stories or creating narratives or getting their stories out there or have really good relationships with journalists often fail. Uh, And, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've been in situations where or in organizations where I just couldn't align with the, the stakeholders um, at the executive level. And so that happens a lot. Um, And so really, really good PR people fail all the time or aren't able to be successful because they weren't able to align on what sort of the company is is solving for at a a larger level, right? PR is a lot about generating awareness and creating buzz and making sure people know you exist, right? But there is a lot more strategic um, value there. And the way that you sort of get a seat at the table, um, so to speak, when you are on the comms team is you show the power of communications from a strategic standpoint. How does it fit into the company's broader strategic plans? How does it help move the needle on what they're trying to achieve, either on the sales side, on the finance side, on the customer acquisition side, like all of these goals that a company has, you know, typically a company's goal is not like top line goal is not to get 500 you know, media articles, like that's never going to hit, <laughs> get into the, uh, the CEO's, um, priority list. But if you can show how the comms team is a strategic value add to the top line goals that the CEO or the CIO or CM or whoever does have, that's when you get the seat at the table, right? And when you have a seat at the table, that's when it's easier to get alignment. And so a lot of PR fails, not because the PR person or the PR team didn't do a good job, executing on their plan. it's because they never got the right buy-in or messaging or alignment from the broader stakeholders or they never aligned what they were trying to do to what the company was trying to do on a more on a, a bigger more strategic level. And so um, you know the most successful PR people are the ones who understand sort of where that connection is made and who figure out how they get themselves a seat at the table to help influence some of those more strategic decisions.
0: The lines between owned, paid, and earned are increasingly blurred. I think influencers are a pretty good example of that if you spend yeah. two minutes on on Instagram. What advice do you have for brands as they think about the intersection between their paid growth strategies, traditional communications work, and the content that the company might seed and publish on their own?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I've spent more than two minutes on Instagram, so um, I... <laughs> Totally understand that. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because when I first started in PR, there were very clear lines. Like this was paid, I didn't touch it. It wasn't my business. Didn't care. This is owned. Content teams got that. By all means, have fun. Let me know if you've got anything interesting. And then, you know, I, I sort of had this earned, and uh, I took the term earned very seriously. Uh, you know, I earned every piece of coverage um, that you know I got. And worked really hard with my, our teams to, to bring those to fruition. Now it's so blurry, and it's funny because I w- I just was having a discussion with one of our industry leaders that you know we are paying to be part of this council that you can as part of it you can contribute editorial um, content. You know, Forbes and Fast Company have both done an incredible job finding a way to monetize this earned content. Um, and they're making a fortune and, and good for them because it's a, it's a really great channel, but, you know, trying to explain, well, that's not like really paid. We're paying for the council. That's different. You know, this is still earned content. Um, and so I think that, you know, the best practice there is if you are a PR professional, you can no longer live in your silo of all I do is pitch media and play stories. And that's it. Like everybody else, leave me alone. I, um, you can do that. Uh, but you're probably not going to move up very far. Having at least an understanding on the integrated piece of all this, like how we work together, being close to your social and content teams, um, you know having a good relationship with the paid and digital teams, and sort of figuring out how you all work together too, again, and this goes back to what I was talking about before of sort of the broader strategic initiative of a company, um, you know, figuring out where Comms fits into that, that bigger, bigger strategy. Um, you know, that's that's the difference between kind of a, a, a PR strategy that becomes a holistic part of the company versus just, you know, so, uh, like a hits factory that just gets, you know, articles out and um, sort of operates in a silo. And, you know, I think anyone who works in any sort of marketing function can tell you that, you know, working in a silo is not a great idea. I think it's especially important in comms because it affects so many facets of the company: your employees, your executives, their brand. Uh, you know, it can have financial implications from if you're going public, or you're going to be acquired, or uh, you know, you're already public, or any of those things. So um, it's just such an important thing to take into account to be integrated, and it and it goes for sort of that blurring of the the content strategy as well.
0: I'm going off script for a second here. Quick lightning round. So the content okay. strategy you write a, a bunch of emails internally and externally, I imagine, right? Company updates, executive I do. leadership a lot updates. Of... Okay. <laughs> okay, video, like what type of video work, whether it's webinars or whether it's short form stuff, what type of video work might you guys invest in?
1: Oh, you know, that's actually really interesting. We've um, been doing a lot of customer videos that are very impact driven. They're short, they're a few minutes. There's They're like anyone who... Can, who watches it, like they don't have to be in data. Um, that's actually been really cool to me to see these, like we call them data teams videos and they're they're just, you know, small five minute pieces about the impact that our customers are having. And, you know, we go to where they are. And, um, you know, it's been really interesting from an owned content perspective. Um, we've actually used those and sent them to media and media have picked up on them and, you know they're using them and then they're talking to the our customers. So. I think there's actually a really cool way to use video as, a, as an owned piece of content, but also as, uh, you know, something that you can generate some PR out of.
0: Anything in audio?
1: Yeah, we've been doing some podcasts, actually, uh, which <laughs> um, obviously that's what I'm doing now. But we've actually started a podcast series. Um, recently that I think has done really, really well. And it's super interesting. And we bring our customers on. So, um, you know, I think there's just so many different ways you can do do content, but I think people love podcasts. And um, I think, you know, I think they're here to stay. I think clubhouse is an interesting thing, (laughs) for lack of a better word, Our CEO has spent some time on clubhouse. And um, it's actually been fascinating, like where he's talking to 5000 people, you know, every Tuesday night. And um, it's just a very cool, different channel that we're hitting. And definitely not something that, you know, I would have thought of even a few months ago. <laughs> so here we are.
0: All right, finally, I-, I wanna ask you about agency management. So in previous yeah. stops, we-, we mentioned them just before, uh, places like Tableau, you had a large team and you handled everything in house and you didn't necessarily rely on agency partners, but now you have a smaller team, you're scrappier and you have agency partners, particularly internationally. What are some of the lessons learned in managing agency partners? And how do you see the the client agency relationship evolving potentially in the years to come? Go into your crystal ball a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I've been on both sides, right? So I was at an agency for about three years, uh, actually almost four years, um, managing the Tableau account before I actually went in-house to Tableau. And the first thing I learned was, you got to cut the agencies some slack because they are not thinking about what you're thinking about all day, every day. So for example, right now, all day, every day, all I think about is data breaks. I, I know every story we should tell or could tell. I'm constantly trying to think of new ones. I'm in the meetings. I, you know I'm, I have the context behind why we're doing certain things. Um, to the point I was making earlier, you know, I have alignment with our executives, and I understand sort of our broader strategic goals, that's super important. And that helps you become a better comms person, you're pitching better stories, you're pulling better things together. As an agency, you know, a lot of these agency uh, people are on like five, six, seven different accounts, they're thinking of not just five, six, seven different companies, but you know five, six different industries or stories they could tell, or you know, um, narratives or any of that at any given time. And they don't have the full context that you do, and they don't have all the, the understanding that you do. And so ultimately, what I have found is that an agency is only as successful as you can make them, right? So if they have the drive and the connections to execute, that's awesome. But they can't do that unless you've helped them sort of get there, right? And so you sort of help them with what are we trying to achieve? What are we trying to say? What are the, what is sort of the goal we're trying to get to? And I think that that goes back to that same level of alignment. You need to bring them as well, but understand that they're never going to be at the level of alignment that you are because this isn't their, you know, only company that they're supporting. And so I think that's super important to remember. I think that, the other thing that's been, you know, um, really interesting is, is working on a global scale with the agencies and just, you know, having a keen understanding of different cultures and how different media markets work. Um, and, you know, there is a fine line between, you know, pushing your agencies, because I will be the first to push an agency and say, let's try harder let's go after this one. Let's try this angle. Um, and so, you know, it's very hard for me to sit here. Well, that's not how it works here. Um, and so I think you know, taking that and turning it into, okay, well, what does work there? Let's push for that. And so you know, I've been really keen to make sure that we are pushing our agencies in a way that's going to make them successful in their markets. And that means sort of understanding what works in their markets. And so you can't just rely on like, okay, they'll figure it out, you know, and let me know when they need something. Um, you know, you've got to be there. You've got to take the time to understand how their market works. Um, and so, you know, agencies, I think that's the biggest thing I'll say is like they're as they're as successful as you make them. They're all, they're not all created equal. Um, I'm biased, but I happen to think that, um, ours and I'll give them a little shout out here in cows. Um, is incredible and they've done a really great job. Um, but, you know, I think part of that is because I, I, recognize that they're not in the room with us. And so, um, you know, if we're not giving them that full context and the full narrative of what's really going on, then they're not going to be able to, to reach their potential. And so, you know, I think that's really important to note if, if you're in house and, you know, I think everyone should spend some time at an, at an agency, um, And then I think everyone should come and ask.
0: (laughs) We will end on that note, Kiana. Thank you so much for being with me today.
1: Thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me.
0: Kiana, thank you again for your time today. If you like this episode, you will love our next episode with Scott Schwartz. Scott is the Senior Manager of Executive and Internal Communications at Glassdoor. Thanks again for your time. Until next week, with Scott Schwartz.